Hey everyone, forgive my delay of a few months between episodes. I took a detour to America for a few months and now I'm back abroad in Europe. I'm currently in the city of Fatima in Portugal. And today's episode is titled Trust. And I want to go deep into this idea of spiritual trust, right? Trusting the process, trusting the path that we are given. And at times it's not easy. And at times we doubt what's what's happening in our lives. Like why are things happening this way? Why are things propagating like this? Can I alter this? Can I change this? And it's all these thoughts that to me revolve around this idea of control. And I was a very controlling person, much more for myself and to a lesser extent to those around me, like say roommates or those close to me. Um, I definitely eradicated that controlling nature for other people, but within myself, there's still some, some more to go. But I'm finding that, you know, when I'm having this whirlwind of doubt about my path, about where I'm headed, about what's to come, it's just once again, thoughts in my head, as always, right? The, there's been like I was in the city of Lisbon um, before coming here and it was uh, you know I just came from LA landed and I was just kind of in that like travel funk right just readjusting for a bit from the jet lag and the flight and all that and I felt kind of frustrated and confused for a moment just about you know where I'm headed and what's coming and all I had to do was stay present and I'm going to go very deep into what I mean by that, because I'm sure you've heard it so much, right? To be present, stay mindful, all these things. But when you actually just stop thinking, right? I was having thoughts like, where do I go next? What am I going to do for food right now? And gym, yada, yada, yada. And I just kind of like, wait, wait, hold on. <laughs> I'm in another, I'm in a new place again. I was here four years ago. Let me kind of, uh, you know, reminisce and see what's changed in, in the city and in my own consciousness being in the city now and I just stay really present like really really focused on my surroundings and it's like a it's like a spiritual blanket and I could feel the thoughts wanting to come creep in and bother me again I just nope I'm just gonna be with it all and it's it's been showing me so much how like all this thinking does nothing it honestly does nothing right um there is productive thinking for sure but when you're, you're walking in a city and you're just heading to the next thing you're going to do in the day there's not much to think about in my opinion it's just be there and i cannot tell you how much i've had to do to to realize whenever i'm feeling chaotic in my mind and to just revert to the present moment and that's almost always the answer, right? When you're overwhelmed, just whatever you can do to be mindful. You don't have to always solve every thought that pops in your head. You don't have to always talk back to them, understand them, dissect them. It's so draining, right? And I'm finding the more present you are, like when I meditate a lot, if I'm meditating for many hours, I don't need as much sleep, right? It's like I'm becoming more in tune with my subconscious while awake and we know sleep is obviously a subconscious state um and when you're doing that in the present day like i've noticed yeah less sleep is needed and 
more energy. I never really knew for the longest time just how draining it is to think all the time. And I don't know for any of you listening just how much you think, but it's so beautiful when you just stop and be present. It's like even when you're in the shower and your mind's running, it's just be in that water, right? There's nothing to do, nothing to solve, just exist. But it is such a long process. It is such a long process. And that's what I love. Like I've mentioned before, being on this path, you know, I embrace all religions and all belief systems. And there's been so many enlightened people on this earth. And they've all kind of talked about that in a way, right? To just be with it all, you know, be very mindful or expand your consciousness and be with the whole universe, like whatever way you want to do it. But it's it really is just suffering to be caught up in these whirlwind of thoughts. And I've caught myself using the internet more lately than normal. And as an observation I've made just doing that is so much of what's out there is just trying to, you know, bait a reaction out of you, right? Trying to trigger you. You'll see some tweet or some post. It's like, oh, how could that person say that? It's like, who cares? (laughs) What if someone that was just clearly unstable ran up to you on the sidewalk, started screaming a bunch of stuff? Like, how much would you actually allow that to occupy in your mind you just brush it off like oh that person's not well i hope they they're okay and you move on with your day but when you see someone of like higher status right like a celebrity or a politician it's like how dare they say that they have the status they should be different and that mentality is is suffering right it's like they should be different um believe me i want society to improve you know and take care of people more and all that but to wish people to be different is literally insane. Can't. Right? We gotta hold people accountable for their actions, right? Consequences, all these things. But to like instantly wish this person was different. Uh no. Right? People only know what they know. In the same way when uh, a dog bites me, like a puppy, I don't like dwell on it for weeks. It's like it's a puppy. It's learning. Right? And even another person who's on their journey is still learning right to be more kind to be more patient to be more compassionate it's just easier to do it with a puppy (laughs) than a person yelling in your face as simple as that but when you trust this process right i don't know how many of you are listening are, are trying to work on your consciousness and i hope you are it's the point of this podcast right like higher consciousness that's my goal that's something i'm very attached to it's just something i'm doing and There has to be trust. That doesn't mean you can't have doubt, right? Doubt your whole life. Doubt your entire existence. Doubt what's happening today, what's happening the next week, month. Like, how am I going to do this? Okay, have all those doubts. They're just thoughts, right? They're just thoughts produced by the ego capturing your awareness, right? Say that again. They're just thoughts produced by your ego capturing your awareness. So take your awareness back, right? That's what you're in control of and put it where you want it, in the present moment, on the universe, on God, whatever you want to do. I'm just recommending taking taking it easy with the thoughts because it is just truly suffering to constantly think and dwell and ruminate. And it's so freeing to just be with it all and be present and to not analyze so much. That's the balance I'm still trying to 
strike within myself. It's analysis has been so beneficial in many ways, but it's been detrimental in others, right? And I feel like that's why, I, like, if you read, you know, some scripture, like, so much of what they say it looks so simple. And I'm finding that this path is taking me there too. Like, I just gave you that analogy of like, okay, if a puppy bites me, it's easier to forgive it than if like a grown man starts yelling at me, right? Because I'm looking at him, well, he's like 45. He should have known by now to not act that way. Like, who says who? Says who? Who's saying that? It's my judgmental ego. He's just who he is. Um, But you see, I, I need an analysis to understand that. But in the end, why not just love him as he is, right? What's the, like the analysis is helpful because I'm, I'm explaining it, right? But like the next level after that is okay, just love them. <laughs> like, as like they were like an annoying sibling. All right, they're annoying right now. They're being annoying. I want to just love them as they are. That's the, the end, right? And if like many prophets have said that, it's just like, just love people. But the ego makes it difficult. It's really simple to do it. What's complicated is all that stuff in the way preventing you from doing the simple thing, which is to love. And that complicated thing is the ego. And that's why, I mean, just go anywhere. You see all these religious monuments. Even where I'm at right now, it's a pilgrimage for for Catholics and Christians to come here to see, you know, Our Lady of Fatima sanctuary. And it's these there's all these sites all over the world, whether it's Buddhist or Hindu or Jewish or, or Muslim or Christian or whatever. And it's because these people that did exist were that amazing. And they did see, say such amazing things. And of course, over time, the message can be distorted. And, you know, remember, like unenlightened people like propagated religion. So we have to be careful. We have to we have to analyze in some ways, like what is truth? What has been kind of distorted? And that's on you to do that. I'm not gonna like. I'm not perfect at that either. I'm still learning so much. And my point is this: to tie back to the title, right? Is to to trust this process and to trust where you are heading. And that in the end of the day, it's not so serious. You know, it feels so serious in the moment. The ego makes everything so serious. All these thoughts, these interactions. I'm telling you, it happens to me all the time. I'm meditating. And I'm so free, like I can be like, I don't even care anymore, like it's all good, I'm so blissful, and it carries in my day. And then maybe suddenly the airline workers giving me a hard time about my flight. Um, that literally actually just happened when I came here. They were like, sir, where is your return flight to America? <laughs> and I was like, I don't know when I'm going back. They go, sir, you must come back you know, after 90 days, I'm like, no, I don't. I can have to just leave the Shenzhen region, which is the 26 countries in Europe. I can go to like London or whatever. So I bought a flight real quick. It was like $10 just to get a flight to London from here, which is awesome price. And, but in that whole interaction, I was like frustrated. It's like, what do you mean? I can't, I, I can't leave America more than three months. Who says? Like, it's not a rule. I was frustrated at this idea of being controlled, right? Of like telling me what I can or cannot do when it's not true. But regardless, she didn't really care. <laughs> she was just doing her job. She had to input some flight ticket, you know, PNR number to get the, the process moving for the check-in. And she just wanted to go on a break. <laughs> like, it wasn't so serious. And believe me, in that moment, I didn't take it super serious. But, like, I was caught up in the moment. I didn't, like, realize that whole interaction was happening as it happened until right after it ended. I'm like, oh, that was kind of intense for no reason <laughs> like, you know and it's i get it you know countries rules immigration i, I get it 
But, and then a few moments later, I'm just like having, you know, a snack and some water and I'm like laughing because I'm like, why does it have to be so serious? <laughs> like, you know, just traveling sometimes and it's not serious. Like overall in the moment, yeah. But it's uh, it's a trust too. It's like, all right, if I can't get on this flight, whatever. I'll probably get to go somewhere else that's better for my journey. I don't know. Like, I'll just keep flowing. Like, what's the point freaking out? Who's that benefiting? Like, it's just pain. It's just harm, right? And it, it hurts, <laughs> like, to just freak out. And I'm not judging you if you do that. Like, go ahead, freak out. It's, it's fine. Um, but if you want to stop, <laughs> I recommend more meditation and to just, you know, chill and not take it all so serious. Um, but the trust I've found in my path is that, you know, a lot of where I've gone, different places, cities, countries, I felt to do in meditation. It wasn't always like an impulse, like, oh, I should go do this. I would like feel like a draw somewhere. I would meditate on it. And if it feels good, like my soul is resonating with it, I'll go do that. It's been very rare for me to just like quickly switch in like the moment or the hour unless I really had to for whatever reason. But in general, it's been just like trust, like, oh, I should go here next. I didn't even plan to be in the city and I'm right now. I just, uh, where I was staying in Lisbon was very just kind of chaotic and like kind of like a party scene, you know, that, that city loves to like, you know, go out and bars and all that. I'm like, I want to go somewhere peaceful. And this place is insanely quiet. So I'm happy I came. But I found in my journey, there, are, there has been a lot of doubt till this day, doubt about the next stage, the next step, like what is to come. And I'm realizing that that doubting voice is just the ego and I have to observe it so it clears and then it'll leave me alone because it'll be gone. And to observe this voice, I find, I talked about this at the end of my book in that when, when we have something deep within, some like core experience that we've suppressed, there's a lot more energy in that, right? Because to suppress takes energy from us and from our awareness. And when you finally bring it to the surface, it will be a lot more difficult to observe with a centered and, and pure sense of awareness versus some you know thought that's just like surface or whatever. But it's so rewarding once you clear it, once you get past it, once you you know overcome and transcend it. But there has to be this trust component throughout this journey. So have your doubts, observe them, but know that you know all is unfolding as it needs to, and. There is suffering in our life, and I feel like some of it's kind of just part of our journey, right? Um, because if you're trying to go to grad school and do some graduate program, you might feel suffering with, you know, deadlines and, and you know, staying up all night, studying or projects or whatever. And it's like, you know what you signed up for, right? You've talked to people, you've researched it, there's that suffering. And that's, you know, fine, get through that. But then there's this other suffering that's just not needed, right? That's just extra and that's what I hope to help those listening to this, this lecture series to realize that I would say a fair amount of the suffering in our life is not necessary. It's extra, right? I don't mind the suffering that I have to go through to do this journey, but there's extra suffering, right? And there's been many times in my travels where I have suffered and I felt a lot and it hurt. But I came out of it more empowered and of higher consciousness once I, you know, conquered this thing and the thoughts that followed it and transcended the experience. 
But then there's other suffering that, once again, not necessary. There's been times where I just felt overly anxious about something I had to do or where I had to go or get to the next place, and I couldn't just sit still and realize, well, maybe I don't, I don't need to go there. Like if I'm, if the path to get somewhere is so difficult to do and there's literally no way around it, it was tough for me to just accept that. It's like, no, but I want to do that. These rules are stupid. They don't make sense. And that used to bother me. And I couldn't just accept that. I don't need to be at that place right now. Right? I can only be where I'm allowed to be. I can't force my way into places I'm not allowed to be in. And saying this now, I realize just how much that ego was in control in those moments. Right? Because I think that's something that's kind of triggered me in my life. Or just like rules for the sake of rules. that don't make any sense. I just have always been there for tradition or whatever, I'm like, but why? <laughs> like, why is it there? And people like freak out if you question it. It's like, but like, why does that rule exist? It doesn't make sense. It's not, you know, doesn't for our present world. But anyways, you know, I digress. Um, but this path has taught me to trust this process and to be okay with where I'm heading because it's not so serious, you know? And I'm finding more and more that I don't need to be in specific places to raise my consciousness. You know, Nepal and India definitely were necessary at a certain point. Um, but now, you know, I can meditate anywhere. I can be sitting on the edge of my bed or on a chair, anywhere. And I can feel that energy and feel that connection. But before, for sure, Nepal and India and other places were definitely needed. And not just the entire country, but very specific places in these countries to feel that and it's like oh that's what that is now i'm gonna try to achieve it you know in los angeles <laughs> right it's a different energy and it's still possible but i feel blessed to have been in these places and felt it there because it gave me a sneak preview of what's to come and what can be accomplished kind of whenever and that's what i'm finding now like you know i'm gonna be in europe for a bit and um i don't really need you know all these different uh um you know, places to go. Obviously, I'll still want to still visit some of the places known to be divine or, you know, have a very uh, important, you know, religious or spiritual uh, history. But in general, I just feel okay, kind of where I'm at. And I realize at times when we're frustrated about something more surface in our life, that frustration really is a lot deeper you know, and it's like, maybe you're um, frustrated with your career path. You're like, I don't like where my career is going. I don't like uh, just the things I'm doing to make this career move forward. And then you're at a restaurant and then someone like messes up your order and you get like really upset. And you're like, wait, to reflect for a moment, like, wait, like, it's not the food that I'm really mad at. There's something inside of me that's much deeper than this and it's triggering um, I think I'm upset about my life, about how things are not the way I want them to be. And then this thing that's triggering you, this, this person that messed up your order is now a blessing in your life because you realize, wait, if I'm this freaked out over some food, there must be something going on inside of me. Let me go home and meditate on it and reflect. Um, and maybe I can, you know, uh, kind of face it head on and conquer it and transcend it. And you get what I'm saying with that? It's just a really small example, but 
if you ever find yourself being triggered by really minor things, go meditate and see like what's this bigger issue, right? Is it truly just like a lack of patience? <laughs> I mean, I, I doubt that. I mean, part of it, fine. But in general, if, if surface things, if really minor things are bothering you, there might be something deeper happening. And you have to trust that you'll be okay to investigate that, that you won't be harmed for having done so. It might be difficult. Believe me, like I had a meditation in Lisbon and I'm like, what is that? Like I had no idea that that energy was still inside of me. I was like, wow, I was worrying about that this whole time. Um, for me, it's a bit, not just personal, it's just too specific to share what it is, but just hear me out in that. There's a, like, the ego hates, in my opinion, to be, like, viewed fully for what it is, right? It wants to, like, present itself differently than what it is. And I saw my ego, and I observed it with such intensity, and I, like, freaked out. And I became caught up in that act of it freaking out. And it was so much energy. And I was like, no way that is inside of me. No way that that's been there for some time. I had no idea. And it took some external event to trigger that out of me, right? So a few years ago, I would have been upset at that external event. Why did that happen? I wish I could have prevented it. I wish things were different. But now I'm like, no, 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 no. That event, I'm happy that happened. This experience is not super fun right now. But I'm happy I was triggered because now I can face this energy and clear it. And then doing that, I'm of higher consciousness now, right? And I remove some of that baggage from my spirit. And now I can live a little lighter, right? And my thoughts are more still. Um, and it's a process. So for me personally, I embrace being triggered. It's not fun. It's never been fun, but it's rewarding. It's like, all right, I'm triggered feel all this random energy emerging, where is that coming from? The event in question that just happened is no way proportionate to the energy being surfaced right now. This must be something deep within that I've suppressed or I just haven't faced yet. So let me face it as best as I can. And believe me, as I'm facing it, it is insane at times, right? And I'm not saying this is like a daily thing. This is rare. You know, it happens rarely. But in general, my meditations are very free-flowing. I'm like, you know, just chilling, you know, feeling blissful and loving and all that. But then there's just sometimes I'm like, wow, that is overwhelming. <laughs> that is intense. Um, but I trust my meditation and I trust what my guru has taught me and I trust God and I trust this path. And as one monk told me, it's like, you know, the path to enlightenment, it does get more complicated, right? The more we enlighten ourselves, it is more complicated. I think the end goal is simple, right? Once you're like in it, it's going to be simple. Like, oh, they just, this is it. But the path there, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's um, I can't even imagine what the Buddha did or the, or the, you know, the prophets from before. How do they do it? I, I can only guess, right? I can only get little snippets of here and there to understand what they actually did. But it must have been so amazing that look at what the world does and how many people venerate them, right? It was that amazing. And they were that amazing to do what they did. But every soul is capable of that, right? Every soul is, is powerful, and beautiful, and wonderful. And it's not the person, it's the realization of their soul, right? Every soul is part of that infinite, and it must be realized. 
And my path to realizing it is meditation. For others, it can be just lots of scripture or lots of um, mindfulness kind of activity. I don't know. All I know for me is meditation, for sure. That's been my path, and I'm not going to stop. Um, but that's what I'm, I'm finding. It's like, in general, life is pretty sweet, right? I'm like pretty joyful and peaceful and all that. But then the deeper I'm going on this path and getting deeper into this kind of like root of my ego, it is so damn overwhelming sometimes, like truly. Um, but every time I just power through it, it's, uh, I get it, you know, everything kind of makes sense. So I have my trust in this path and then I have the doubting voice too. And I'm observing it as best as I can. And that's something that I hope, you know, the, those of you listening to this can take from this this talk is that it's not easy to reflect so much, right? To analyze oneself, to understand oneself. But I find that the more I do that, I just have so much more compassion for other people. Because the voice I'm observing can be so negative at times. And I'm observing it. I'm like, wow, look at that thing go. <laughs> And then I can come across someone saying negative things out loud. And I'm just like, I have that same voice in my head all the time. And you are saying it. You don't even know you're saying it. Maybe like a part of you is aware of what you're doing. But at a higher level, you're not aware because you wouldn't be saying it out loud if you were. Um, and there's just compassion. Right? I feel sorry for that person. It's not pity. It's just like I feel sorry because I, I get that pain. I understand it. I become like intimate with it. I observe it so much. And, but I'm getting further on this path where I am getting tired of all the analysis, right? So much dissection and analyzing this or that. And it's just becoming easier and easier to be like, I'm going to just be present, right? And just be as present as possible and wrap myself in that spiritual blanket that is our surroundings, that is creation, that is everything that we're interacting with and, and seeing around us. And it, it can be so beautiful if you allow it to be. So there was many instances in my life where I didn't know what to do next. So many times, I am telling you in the past few years, countless times where I don't know what to do next. Where do I go next? What is next for my path? And I'm telling you truly from my heart, if I did have the ability to control all these outcomes from before in the way I wanted them to, it would have been awful for my path. It would have been terrible. But I just learned to let go and trust this process, trust my higher self, trust that voice in meditation that's so calming and at times there isn't even a voice. It's just like a knowing that this is what's to come. This is what to do next. Or just sit still and chill out. It'll all be okay. And I never say no to that voice ever. I think I did once. If I don't remember when, but I remember doing it once and it just, it hurt. So I don't do that. I listen where I have to go next. I listen to my soul. And it's not always easy, right? Because... I got frustrated. I was in America for a few months and I thought I needed to stay. And I was meditating in Santa Monica and I'm like, I need to leave. <laughs> and I didn't like impulsively buy a plane ticket. I just meditated for a couple days and then it confirmed like I can't be here. 
and I was frustrated and I'm just like, I just wanted to like sit still longer. But now I'm out here and it makes sense why I came a lot. But I didn't know then why. All I knew was I needed to go. And I listened. And then I came and things have already happened in the past few days. I'm like, all right, I get it. <laughs> I get why I've come here. Um, but I don't always know. But I've I've really let go of this controlling nature. Like they always say, like, give in to God's plan for you, right? And when I heard that when I was younger, it was very superficial. But then like I'm realizing through meditation if I stop trying to control every facet of my life, maybe I'll be presented with things that I'll actually want to do or experience or things I actually like. Because it's hard for me to admit, but I don't always know what I want. Sounds weird, right? It's like, oh, I knew in high school I want to go to college and be a doctor and take the MCAT and go to med school, yada, yada, yada. But like, that's fine. But like after that, I didn't really know what I wanted. Right? I did holistic therapy and then did this and that. It's like I don't really, didn't really know what I want. You know, I didn't realize that, you know, living in Nepal and India was something I really needed to do um, and experience. And I spent about a year and four months between those two countries of my life. And I feel blessed to have done that. But I didn't know I wanted that. If you had told me when I was like a second year med student <laughs> that there would be a global pandemic and I would be living in Nepal and India as it's unfolding, uh, I would just probably walk away from that conversation. Because, <laughs> like, am I going to... That makes no sense. I couldn't see it. There's no way I could have seen that. But I trusted this process, and I trusted my meditation, and it brought me to where I needed to be. And the only difficult part was observing that voice, right? I think I used to feel annoyed or, or shame at having all these doubts. Like, why do I feel all that all the time? But it's just part of the process. Okay, be shameful. Feel you know annoyed or frustrated okay fine now observe the doubting thoughts and keep moving forward and that's what what happened to me when i was back in the states i thought i needed to stay and then i left again and now i'm here and it's trust and the more i trust this process the more life's become just overall more awesome um i can't say i'm without feeling pain sometimes right but it's in general it's i just feel quite free and it's taken a lot to reach to this level of trust but i've been given evidence like i'll meditate in the past about where to go next and then i'll go to listen and go do that thing and go experience whatever i need to experience and it's not always joyful but it is raising my consciousness that's all i, I can like think about is i'm not pursuing like joy i'm just on this path and whenever things get hard i reflect and what can I take from this how do I raise my consciousness having gone through this experience and it really is just your awareness like once you're aware of things as they're happening and what's clearing and what's processing in your system your consciousness goes up right your awareness becomes more centered and more pure and more grounded and you start seeing things more clearly so I I used to resist a lot <laughs> Um, if I could admit one thing, the number one thing that triggers me is someone or something or some entity, right? Some like organization or some company, whatever it is, trying to control me. I really <laughs> dislike being controlled. Um, and I'm finding that the spiritual path doesn't control you. It guides you. It's very gentle. It's like, hey... 
we suggest you do this. <laughs> and then it's like your choice if you want to do that. And that's what blew my mind when I began just talking to other people and realizing like, like there's choices to be made, right? When I was meditating in New York in, in November of 2019, deciding what to do next, that meditative voice said to leave and leave the country and go to Nepal. And the egoic voice said, no, stay. And that felt awful to listen to. But listening to that meditative voice, that higher self was just bliss and joy. And I listened and I left because I needed to. And I can't say I escaped the pandemic because I was locked down in Delhi <laughs> for almost three months. But I was where I needed to be. You know, I definitely needed to be there. And I fell in love with those countries. But I could have not done that. I could have chose differently. And I guess I, I had a trouble understanding free will for a long time because it's honestly like a projection of myself because I suffered a lot throughout med school and a, and a bit in college. And I had the free will to end that suffering. And I just didn't because I didn't know any better. That's what confuses me because now I'm, I feel like I'm just at a, high, a higher level of understanding, you know, in terms of like the spiritual path. And I see others like not following their path, not listening to their higher self. And I'm like, Wait, why? Why would you not listen to that voice? It's like, so don't you trust it? And I realized they just haven't gotten there yet. And that's how I was too in the past. I didn't trust this, this higher voice. I would just like ignore it. Like, no, that's not right. I have to do this. I must do this. Like super controlling. And all that control was just suffering. And once I learned to just let go, I'm telling you, the more I've let go of this controlling entity within, my life has improved just several fold in, in every facet of my life. And especially with others. I realized I wanted to really control others' suffering. And I can't do that because I couldn't stand seeing people in pain, especially those that I loved. But I was once in pain too. And people did tell me things that could have ended that pain or, or at least you know lessened it earlier. And I didn't listen too. So it's like a frustration with myself. Like, why didn't I see it differently? Why couldn't I wake up from my suffering earlier? And part of it was for my path. But I had to go through some of that suffering for the journey. But I would say somewhere even most of it was not needed. Just my own choices. And that's been really, really difficult to internalize. I can't stand the thought of real knowing that I could have suffered less. It doesn't matter now, right? I'm here, I'm okay, I'm safe, I'm healthy, I'm all good. But it's still like this idea that I could have suffered less. And that's where that frustration comes from in other people. I'll see somebody suffering, and I point out their suffering, and they choose to continue suffering. And I get triggered. Why? Because I haven't forgiven my past self for not escaping my suffering sooner either. Right? That lack of patience is 100% on me not this other person. It is simple projection. And it hurts, right? Not just the scenario I just presented hurts. It hurts in knowing that I'm like that. But within that hurt, there is a light in there. There is a blessing in that hurt because then I'm going to stop, right? And then I'm going to develop more patience for other people because I, I, I am sad for a lot of society and a lot of people and I see so much pain and I see people caught up in certain thought loops and, and patterns that I used to have. And I'm like, how would I, would I have woken up if, you know, earlier, if someone said something specifically? I don't know. I was so arrogant and stubborn. 
Probably not. And that's okay. So you know what I have to do? Is love them exactly as they are. Not try to convince them to do this or that or control them. Love them as they are. I love you and I'm sorry you're suffering and I hope it clears up soon, right? Versus the control and you should do this, you should see it this way. How do you not see it? No, it's just me being frustrated because I can't stand the pain in my heart when I see someone else suffering whom I love. That's all it is. It's selfish, right? I can't stand the pain in my heart for their suffering. That is selfish, right? And I highly doubt the prophets were loving in that way. And that's who I look up to. I want to be like that, right? To accept that this person I love is suffering and let that, that pain in my heart burn, right? As I'm loving them, as they are. That is the goal, right? And I really believe, you know, we all know what it's like to be loving to people or to animals, right? Like I love puppies so much. And just imagine if you were as loving, like we can be really patient with our best friends and family members, right? More than probably our strange, you know, strangers we meet. But imagine being as patient and loving to those closest to you for strangers as well, right? Be that same level of love and patience and compassion for everyone you come across. You'll just glow, right? You'll be floating and life will stop catching you and distracting you and, and taking you out of this of the present moment and it'll stop occupying your thoughts and causing so much suffering but you have to trust this process and know that things are unfolding as they need to for your development which includes suffering it does include it but know that that's happening observe it transcend it ask yourself why does this pattern keep repeating what is it that i'm not learning or what is it that i haven't fully internalized yet that this keeps happening to me because the suffering hurts and I want it to stop, right? And that's what it is, you know, this, for so long I tried to control my like roommates or friends or those that I was so close with because I just couldn't stand seeing them suffer or that I knew that they could live at a higher level. But I'm not their guru. I am not their teacher. I'm just me, right? I'm just their roommate. I'm just their friend. And letting go of that controlling entity has made it easier for me to just love people as they are and to not suffocate that burning I feel in my heart when someone I love is in pain because I don't have to solve it right away. I can just be with them, right? And just love them exactly as they are. And the more you live like that, I just think life can be so beautiful. Even you see uh, a strange... Like the, the taxi that picked me up from... The bus station, he ripped me off. He charged me, it was supposed to be like, say, four euros. He charged me seven, and I knew the price. And I let him rip me off. Not because three euros is not a big deal, but like, whatever. Like, if you need to do that, and I could, I could feel his tension. I could feel his pain. He's so frustrated. Maybe he's not having enough money to get by. I don't know. But he just seemed really mad and sad. So rip me off, man. Whatever. Like, I don't care. It's not a big deal. Um... And I just wished him well. Three years ago, I would have gotten really mad. <laughs> like, really pissed off. But I just like, whatever. <laughs> it's 
no biggie. Like, okay, rip me off. Fine. It's, it's all good. Thanks for the ride. You know, I hope you quit smoking and I hope you find peace. <laughs> Those are like the two thoughts that I would share. And how easy is that? Right. And I'm not saying we should get ripped off by hundreds of, I'm saying it was like two, three euros, like whatever. <laughs> it's all good. Um, there's levels to what we will tolerate, you know, and but I was loving to him in that moment. I just, I was very patient. It's just like, yeah, I know you're, I don't care. And uh, guess what happened later? Nothing. <laughs> no uh, repeating the moment in my head. No venting about it. No dwelling about it. No calling someone. Nope. Just unpacked and took a nap. <laughs> and it's actually always been that easy. I just didn't know. Um, but I love these experiences that I have. It's like, it's like everything's our teacher, you know, constantly, as minor as it can be. And, uh, you know, um, just to kind of tie once again, I feel like this title of trust is really grounding my <laughs> talk right now. Um, but to just trust that things will be okay, right? And I know we have so many worries and concerns, like most people, right? And, uh, just observe that voice as best as you can and try not to take it so serious. Take the things in life that need to be taken serious, serious, that's fine. But I mean that like constant voice, you know, just like observe it. At times it'll say something and you're like, oh, what, how can it <laughs> say that? I must go deeper into it and no, just, okay, it said that, now what? <laughs> like once you realize that that voice isn't truly you, it's just once again, it's like the soul utilizes the ego. This, you're in this human shell, right? And you're using it to do your journey. And it's going to present you with random noise. Just observe it, right? It's not so serious. And the more you can perceive your soul in meditation and whatever practice you do, you know, that develops this contrast between that and your ego. And it just gets easier and easier to listen to this doubting voice and this vindictive voice and the angry voice, judgmental voice, and see it as, as being part of the false self, right? It's not really you. And life becomes more smooth. And I really believe that, you know, it's like we're all kind of like on a spiral going deeper, deeper into ourselves. And as we circle around, things repeat themselves. And if you are learning the lessons as you're moving along and internalizing them, the, the way it presents itself again is usually less intense, right? Because this energy within it's clearing, these lessons are being internalized, you don't have to keep doing it over and over again. And at, but in the beginning, it is there's a pattern right and you go through it maybe the first time it like takes a week to like process or get over it and maybe eight months later something similar happens and now it's just like two days and then it becomes like a minute and then it becomes like nothing right and i'm finding that in my own life like these lessons of learning um because when i was like in southeast asia three years ago i couldn't stand being ripped off or or it's kind of like honestly pretty ubiquitous with countries like if you go to a touristy spot and there are people waiting outside of a bus station or an airport or a metro in taxis they're probably going to try to rip you off <laughs> like in general i found in most countries i've been they're going to try to rip you off you know so i like, learn the prices as best as you can and do what you can but you know what i'm saying like don't let it occupy your mind too much and just kind of go with the flow accept things as they are i mean Maybe some of you listening to this would never do that to someone, right? You'd never lie to someone about 
what this costs and what this service costs and how you you know help somebody. So imagine where they're at in their development, in their consciousness, in their life, that they do these things, right? Especially somewhere known to be sacred or religious or spiritual. Just imagine for a moment what they're experiencing, right? That must, that must not be fun. I just can't imagine it being fun or joyful. Maybe it's a lot of control and power. It's like, yeah, I ripped that idiot off, right? It's like, yeah, fine. That's, that doesn't sound like joy to me. <laughs> I don't want that. So let people be, right? That's been something I've learned. Let people be. And it took me a while to realize that I was trying to control other people's suffering for my own selfish desire to not feel their pain within me. But now I allow myself to feel that pain and it's not so bad. It really, truly isn't. And I wanna end this talk with a story that I've yet to share, that I feel is very important to share. So I was in Varanasi, India uh, last year. They had visas open for a month so I went and spent a few days in Bodh Gaya, and I went to Varanasi, right? The Ganges rivers, the holy rivers of India. And those three weeks were insane, truly insane. The energy there was just, it was just like purging so much out of me when I would meditate or just walk around. And I noticed there were a lot of dogs and puppies on like the ghats, like where you can walk for the river and, and whatnot. And... I came across a man who would take all the uh, like abandoned puppies, maybe they couldn't find their mom or their dad, and he put them all together and he's feeding them and taking care of them, which was so beautiful and awesome. But then at one point I was walking near my guest house, right? I'm on the ghats, and I came across 10 puppies. One was dead on the steps, just laying there. And the nine other puppies, I would say eight of them, were just crying, like screaming. And I'm like, why are they freaking out? I was confused. And then I saw a mom dog that looked like their mom uh, would run away from the puppies. So one puppy was really sick. He just kind of sat there. He wasn't moving. The other eight, they were kind of averse to people. If I came up to pet them, they'd kind of like be scared. Um, but the other eight were running after this mom. And I'm like, why are they chasing? Why, why is the mom running away from her babies? It doesn't make, they seem like they're hungry. They're, they're literally crying and screaming for milk. And she's running away from her babies. And I was so confused. And I'm standing there watching eight puppies cry because they're hungry. And guess what that controlling entity within was doing? <laughs> Freaking out. Like I wanted to solve this problem right now. So I picked up the one that wasn't really moving much. I don't know why. You're just kind of really tired. And you let me pick him up because he didn't have energy to like run away from me. And I just kind of observed that he looked okay. So I went looking for milk. And I bought a bottle of water, emptied it out. And I found a guy that had fresh milk, you know, and he, he made a whole like two liter bottle, no, one liter bottle for me of milk. And it was warm. It just literally came from the cow. And I went back and made some like, you know, biscuits and crushed them up and put them all in a pan for the puppies. So I brought it back and they all started drinking for a bit, but that wasn't satisfying for them. They wanted their mom. And some time passed and I uh, see another dog come up and she's insanely skinny and it's the actual mom. The other one was like, I think her sister, because they look alike. That's why she was running away, because they were confusing, or maybe they were just so hungry, they didn't know what to do, that they you know, went after, uh, they finally found their mom, and she had like no milk on her, she was so skinny. She's probably looking to you know, find food for them. 
And I noticed one thing in particular. So when the mom showed up, the eight puppies that were, you know, screaming and very active all ran to her. And the one that was really weak, he came like lagging behind and he eventually latched on to one of her nipples and was, you know, taking in the milk. And then she, of all nine of these babies that were still alive, she selectively chose the one that was really sick and just started like licking him and grooming him. Of all the other puppies, it's like she just knew he needed more attention, right? And the story doesn't end here. So that puppy that was very sick ended up dying. Um, but I mean, I think I couldn't find him again. He just was gone and the only there were eight left. But then one of the eight... Um, who I saw the other day was fine. Then I see her again, and she's like stumbling. It's like she has some like neurological issue going on, like she can't walk. And I'm like, what's wrong with her? So I pick her up, and she's just like in pain. I'm like, what's 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 up with her? Why can't she? We're not really in pain in that moment. Just more like just really out of it. So I took her to my, uh, I put her in like a little blanket. And I took her to my uh, um, guest house owner, and he said the same thing happened to his dog, and his dog died. So we called some like neighborhood vet and we met up with him and he gave her an injection, actually two of them, like an antibiotic. And I took her back to my room and I kept her in this blanket and I started, she was just kind of like out of it. She wouldn't, she drank a little bit of milk, but you know, she wasn't just very like conscious of anything. And I, uh, I just kept her in my room and I noticed when I was picking her up that she had bite marks on her neck. And I've learned this lesson that, you know, when a dog gets bit, like a puppy gets bit, it can't handle that bacterial load from this bigger dog usually, and they die. And I've seen that happen more than once. I didn't realize it until that moment, like, oh, wow, she's, she's bit. That's why she's so sick. And maybe the antibiotics will work or maybe not. So I'm like in my room with this dying puppy. And I'm like tearing up, right? Because I feel so sorry. It's like in so much pain, like in agony from these wounds on her neck. And I couldn't do anything, right? That vet man that we met was the best we could do in that area. There was nowhere else to go. And I felt my higher self with me. It wasn't like a voice talking in my head. It was more in that moment, just like a knowing that like, just be with this puppy. I'm not going to save it. Like just be with it as it's suffering, right? Can't you just be with it and observe its suffering and, and be loving towards it and just and just be with it without trying to fix it? And, you know, the next day she wasn't any better. So I took her back to her family and then, you know, she died. And I did my kind of boat ride on the God and went in the water and all that stuff. Um, but she suffered for like at least 10 hours like that. And it broke my heart. It really did, and but it, it did something to me, to my soul. It eradicated this, not fully, but a lot of this need to control and this inability to be with the suffering of other people. And now, fast forward, I'm, I'm back in the States for a bit. This was earlier this year, like January, February, and I'm with someone, a loved one, who has told me about family members who have harmed her in the past. And before I used to like hate hearing the story because I wanted to like just call up this person or, or just do something to like solve her issue. But for the first time in a long time, I just heard her story fully, fully present. And the whole time she told me the story, my heart was on fire. 
like I was burning inside to just listen, but I did. I didn't say anything, you know, and she was crying and I was just there with her and my heart was literally on fire. And then when I got up afterwards to, you know, go about my day, my higher self said, like, was that so bad to just do that, to just be with that person suffering without trying to solve it immediately, right? Was that burning in your heart so awful? And the answer was no. I'm not trying to feel that 24-7, but it wasn't so bad. And I have no idea why I was so scared to feel that in the past. I don't, I don't have an answer for you. It's like now that I, I embrace that feeling, it really isn't that bad. It's just I'm with that pain, right? But like, why was I so scared to feel that? My only guess is a lack of control. You know, I couldn't like control. It's always been control, control, control. It's a big part of my life. It's how I became a med student, right? Like how I got into medical school. So much control, grades and MCAT and lab and volunteering. Like it was control, right? Like must plan, must do this, must figure out my future. Like, geez. Yeah, um, I feel blessed to not live like that anymore um, in terms of all the planning and controlling and just kind of flowing now. But that's who I was. And I doubt I'm alone in that. Um, and But now, yeah, I'm not afraid to let my heart burn. And that experience in Varanasi, India, was necessary for that. To see all those crying puppies, and I could only do this or that, but it's, it's not easy to be a stray dog in India, like in certain parts, of course. Um, but, yeah, it's... Uh, I really feel blessed to have these experiences. You see what I'm saying? Like those three weeks weren't fun, but they were soulful, right? I'm not seeking fun when I come out here. I'm seeking like, I don't, not, I didn't even know I was looking for that. I just knew to go to Varanasi. I've always wanted to go. I didn't expect any of that. And I just let it happen. And now reflecting back, I am so grateful to have gone through all of that because since then, I really feel like that like eradicated whatever was left of this controlling entity, like in terms of other people. I still have control for myself, can't deny that. That still needs to be eradicated or transcended. But for others, it's been greatly reduced, like my goodness, just to let people be, not try to solve everyone's problems and what they're going through. And it's like, I think it came with it. It's like, well, I'm seeing things from like this you know, more spiritual perspective is more kind of loving and calming perspective. Maybe I can give it to others. Maybe I can share it with others. It's like, yeah, if they want it. <laughs> like all of you listening to this are choosing to listen to. I'm not forcing it on you, which is why it's the, I think one of the best things I've figured out to do, right, is to podcast. Because it's like, here's some knowledge and experiences and insights. I hope it helps, you know. If you don't want to listen to it, don't. If you do, great. Like, it doesn't matter. Um, I'm just happy to share. And uh, I'm happy to be back abroad. It feels good. I needed to just, I don't know why, but leave America again and and just keep on moving. Um, so I'll be out here for I don't know how much longer, but I am here. And uh, yeah, forgive me again for not making an episode in a while. I just... I didn't want to when I was back home. And now I'm here just a few days and it's like, up oh, episode five, let's do it. <laughs> so um, we'll see what's to come and I'm gonna embrace whatever experiences come next. And, you know, 
remain as soulful as possible and continue the meditation and introspecting and keep raising my consciousness as best as I can. And I really hope what I'm saying makes sense and resonates with you. Um, I'm doing my best to explain these experiences as, as detailed and, and you know, um, just as straightforward as possible. So, yeah, um, I'll see you on, you know, for episode six. And I really hope just to leave you with one thing. Whatever is occupying your mind right now, right after this episode ends, just kind of smile at it. <laughs> Don't take it so serious and go from there. And I'll leave you with that. And I'll see you on the next one. Take care.